issues of life answers from the Bible. If you don't have one, let me know. But I want to show something that has to do with tonight's topic. And it's only taken about 30 seconds or so. And uh, if Sam can turn that off or rewind it, I appreciate it. And then maybe turn that up on the volume, Sam. It sounds like it's not going to be very loud. So turn the volume up, please. All right. So And then turn it down if it is too loud. All right. This is just from some of the old people in here will recognize this. This is an old TV show. All right. This is Hollywood. sense of values. The kids see it on television, in magazines, even hear it from the pulpit. God is dead. Drug addiction is mind expanding. Promiscuity is glamorous. Even homosexuality is praiseworthy. How are you going to fight that? It ain't easy. Los Angeles, Englewood Police Department, 10 minute, and I don't have time to show it tonight, but you can look at it on our church YouTube. You can, you can watch this yourself, what I just showed. Englewood, California Police Department, a 10 minute infomercial on beware of boys. Beware, not of boys, beware of boys of, what, of what's out there. Beware of the homosexuals. And that was played as a public service announcement in California back in the 50s. And I, that's on our website for a reason. That's on our YouTube channel for a reason. And uh, only for the sake of time, I'm not going to show it to you tonight. You can see it later on your own, and uh, you can watch other things. There's a playlist. Our, our YouTube channel just has lots of sermons that don't necessarily get categorized, but this is a playlist, and you can see that playlist anytime you want later on. So let's take our Bibles, and we'll open our Bibles to Genesis chapter 13 and Genesis chapter 19. And, uh, and then we'll go from there. As we look at our book in lesson number 11, page 45, what does God's word say about gay rights, quote-unquote, homosexuality? Hopefully you've been following along, and if not, you can catch up from last week and the week before uh, as we go through these dif- different topics. And this certainly isn't all-inclusive in what we talk about, uh, but these are just issues that we face. And this book is is 17 years old now uh, but it it's not out of touch with where we're at in fact it's worse than even when this book was written so anyhow let me turn this off behind me and uh, and then we'll get started tonight uh, what does God's word say about gay rights Genesis chapter 13 uh, is the story of Abraham and Lot and uh, how that um, they uh, couldn't well together, and so Lot chose the well-watered plains of Sodom and Gomorrah. And it says in Genesis 13 and verse 13, But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Dad and mom, that's not where you should be moving to. All right? that In other words, Abraham chose not to go to Sodom and Gomorrah, but probably Sodom and Gomorrah had a Walmart and a mall, and a shields, and who knows what else. But the men of Sodom were wicked. It was well watered. It was green grass. But you get to chapter 19, and by the time you get to chapter 19, Sodom is just full-blown sick. And it says in verses 24 and 25, 
Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah, chapter 19, 24, brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. So the first mention of this subject is found in the book of Genesis where God speaks about the men of Sodom and their sin. In, in these verses that we just read, we read that God destroyed them because of their sin. You know, some people try to say that, well, the sin of Sodom was they were rude. Not very hospitable. Ha! What a lie. Um, there's nothing as beautiful in this world as a Christian home. <clears throat> Let me say that again. There's nothing... I, I had someone say to me recently how excited they were that their daughter, their little daughter, said, I want to be a wife someday. Now, let me tell you something. That's kind of low-level goals for most Christians. However, when you have been in a home and a, and a family that for generations have not had a marriage, in other words, the kids have never seen their parents married, ever. For that little girl to say, I want to be a wife someday, was a big step up. But what's happened is, is we don't have very many Christian homes. In fact, the Christians are splitting divorce and remarriage. I don't call that a very good example. I realize it happens. But that isn't, that isn't what we want to display. And so um, we had, as I said before, we've had young ladies that stayed in our home for several months and one of our desires was knowing it was short term was that we can give them a taste of what it can be like because they only know what they know and 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 how many of you understand that you can get used to eating anything if you eat it long enough and so if all you know is is a dysfunctional home then that's what you think, especially since everybody else you know is the same boat and the TV promotes it. And so a Christian home is a beautiful thing. It is an awesome thing. Because a Christian home displays something the world doesn't understand. And so it's an, and, and if you grew, are growing up in a Christian home, you young people in here, you're growing up in a Christian home, most of you. When you grow up in a Christian home, what an awesome thing you have. What a, what a, what a gift from God. And I know as a son of a, parents that that were Christians. I have no excuse to throw away that or to despise that or to walk away from that. And so God has designed the home to have a husband, a wife, and children. And anything which perverts God's plan for the home is not right. We read Leviticus 18 last week. We read all kinds of things about how there shouldn't be nakedness in the home. A lot of people think is well, we're family, so it's okay. No, no, there shouldn't be any nakedness. There, other than husband and wife, there shouldn't be any nakedness being displayed. And you get to Leviticus eighteen twenty two. It says, "Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is abomination. Abomination." There are some things in the Bible that it says, like for instance, and it says uh, that the Egyptians thought that shepherds were an abomination. Well, who cares what somebody else, you know, I mean, personally, you know, I, I think that you know, my wife makes this coffee soup and everybody in my family likes it for some reason. I think it's an abomination. But that's not the same thing as when you say God says it's an abomination, okay? Last week we looked at Deuteronomy 22.5 where it says, 
a woman should not wear that which pertains to a man. It's an abomination to the Lord, not to other men, to the Lord. And what's an abomination? You, you study that. Whatever is an abomination to the Lord, I don't know how you could say it's not an abomination to you because it should be. And we should recognize that. And so last week's lesson does dovetail into this because we have this gender identity crisis where everyone, everyone is pushed to look the same. And God wants us to be male and female. But we can't, we can't be immodest, so we need to dress appropriately and not be gender blender. And that all gets pushed on us through the world and through Satan's goal. So our country is being conditioned and programmed to accept this quote-unquote lifestyle and to promote it as legitimate. The propagation and indoctrination that is being given by activists through educational groups and other civic groups to condition the thinking of people is alarming. And we need to know that. It is alarming and it should be alarming. And we should be shocked and horrified and very much aware. Um, of course, this is, this is old. This is actually 20-year-old news, what I'm going to read you. August 31st, 2002, in something called the World Magazine. California Law. All K-12 school children must be taught to appreciate various sexual orientations. This is 20 years ago. Public school teachers and counselors must identify children with the potential to be intolerant of homosexuality. In other words, if, if the teacher recognizes a student as ha having an intolerance for an homosexual another homosexual, they are to refer them for retraining. School sports teams that object to homosexual or transsexual behavior may be barred from participating in California Interscholastic Federation sports. All taxpayers must fund marriage equivalent benefits for homosexual partners of state employees. Nonprofit groups such as the Boy Scouts that refuse to hire homosexuals may be fined up to $150,000 per incident. A person's gender is whatever he or she says it is, regardless of biology. That was 20 years ago. Now, we know that's not just California anymore, but that was, that was going on. And so it's part of their law. It's part of what they expect. And we, we need to recognize that the agenda is now being permeated. And right now, our current administration in the White House, they've, they've colored it red, white, and blue. And the, and the uh, not, excuse me, red, white, and blue. They've colored it rainbow colors. They've got these perverts. Uh, this guy, the Buddha judge, is in charge of transportation i think it is or commerce and and uh he he's pretending to be a mother because he's married to another guy and he's i guess he's the mother and uh and so he's pretending to nurse a baby and all i mean it's just it's insane it's insane stuff okay it's filthy then there's another i mean there's there's all of these perverts these sodomites and we we should use the word sodomite because that's the bible word these perverted people that are in the administration and it's just such a push right now and has been for quite a while. Somebody over 20 years ago named Swift, some sodomite named Swift, uh, wrote this in something called the Gay Community News a few years ago, now over 20 years ago. We shall seduce your sons, emblems of your feeble masculinity, emblems of your shallow dreams and vulgar lies. We shall seduce them in your schools, in your dormitories, in your gymnasiums, in your locker rooms, in your sports arenas, in your seminaries, in your youth groups, in your movie theaters, in your army bunkhouse, in your truck stops, in your all-male clubs, in your houses of Congress, uh, 
Wherever men are with men together, we shall seduce your sons. Your sons shall become what we want them to become. At our bidding, they shall be recast in our image. They will come to crave and adore us. And that is the desire of many. I'm not saying that's the desire of every one of them, but it is the desire of many of them, and we'll talk about why in a minute. Uh, some have even argued that this is a good thing because it helps with population control. Since they can't reproduce as well, this will help with population. Isn't it interesting? Homosexuality and abortion, both vile and wicked things before God, but in the name of population control, they use that as as something that, listen, they're both filthy, wicked, disgusting things that God speaks directly against. Uh, let me just stop here and warn you about something. Unless it's at least 40 or 50 years old, let me strongly warn you against watching Disney. I, I grew up watching old 60s and 70s Disney. Apple Dumpling Gang, you know. Herbie the Love Bug, the old Herbie the Love Bug. I grew up watching some of the old Disney, and, and I appreciate, and, and even uh, like Dean Jones, I think was a Christian in the Herbie. But Disney is full-blown. 20 years ago, Disney admitted, 20 years ago, that they were 40% homosexuals in their employee employment. 40%. Now, we know that Florida has taken some some kind of a stance on, on Disney World, but Disney is full-blown homo. And Disney owns ABC and ABC Sports. They own ESPN. They own Disney Plus and all the Star Wars and all that stuff. They own a lot, and they have much influence directly. Be, be aware. I, I remember 20 years ago or more, it was the Lion King thing with Elton John, the homo, singing in the Lion King, and all of the representation in the cartoon. I can't show it in church, but someone did a little uh, a sermon and then put it with the pictures of the Disney cartoons. Some of the Disney cartoons are filthy with hidden subliminal messages in there and hidden symbols that you wouldn't see unless someone freezes the frame and points it out. So understand that there is a, sub, a, sub, a subtle, subliminal uh, attack on children and the filthiness uh, that's in these people's minds. And I don't even know about Mr. Disney himself, but I've got questions. Let's just put it that way. We need to line up our lives with God's word and his fixed point of reference, which is his word. The Bible says in John 8.32, uh, well, let me quote it to you. John eight thirty two, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The word of God is the truth, and truth equals freedom. Why are we losing freedom? Because we've lost truth. Nobody on the, gen on the grand scale of things, generally speaking, nobody in America really knows what truth is anymore. So how? So that's why there's a gender blender because there's no absolute lines. You might not agree with me as far as where my wife and I and our daughter and, and our sons draw the line concerning male and female clothing, but I guarantee you at least we draw a distinct line. At least there isn't a gender blender going on. And 
And I don't know how anybody can get as offended at that as you would get at somebody who doesn't know what the line is and whose sons look like girls and girls look like guys. And we have in Custer had had pastors and pastorettes with homosexual sodomite children. It doesn't surprise me that the Custer Lutheran Fellowship had a female pastor who didn't do a very good job and now she's gone. Because before that, they had a male pastor whose daughter was a homo. They don't, they've lost their way because they don't follow the word of God. If you've ever gone there for anything, they just have this prayer book and they don't even know what the Bible is, which Bible they should be using. And, and they're just, it's a sad situation. We actually have people in our church's members who, who were there for a while and woke up. So let's understand some things about sodomy and what they call gay. Let's understand some things. First of all, let's understand this. It's one great big lie. The whole thing's a lie. All right? God's word speaks clearly about the issue of homosexuality. In Romans chapter 1, we read in verse 25, who changed the truth of God into a lie. So why is it a big lie? Well, first of all, when they say, well, I'm really a girl, even though, even though I was born a boy, I'm really a girl. I just happen to be born in a, in a boy body. Listen, you're lying about what the creator made you to be. You're lying about the fact that there is no creator because most of them will tell you that there is no creator. We evolved. But some of them might tell you that they believe in a creator like this Buddha judge. He calls himself a Christian gay. There is no such thing as a Christian gay. There is no such thing. You can't be both. I'm not saying that a Christian can't be tempted or struggle with something from something in their past. I'm just saying you cannot be both. He's a liar. Okay? They are a liars. They're liars. Change the truth of God into a lie. Um, let's just go ahead and read some of Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. So right off the bat, here's what I'm going to tell you. A homosexual or a sodomite is a liar. Whether they realize they're lying or not, they're, they're, they are liars. And, and a lot of times, a liar will believe his own lie. And sometimes people are lying without even realizing they're lying because they've swallowed a lie and they're repeating a lie. But in Romans chapter 1, it says, verse 21, but, but that when they, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into the image made like to corruptible man, and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. And wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts and dishonor, to, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. And by the way, that's, the, that's the, one of the biggest problems right now in our world and in our country is we put more emphasis on the creation than we do the creator. It's retarded that there's going to be churches not having church on Sunday. You know why that's retarded? Because what's Christmas all about? I saw a really good one today. Oh, come all you faithful. Except for if Christmas is on Sunday, then don't come. Think about it. We're, we're celebrating what? By not, it's like someone said, I'm celebrating my wedding anniversary without my spouse. What, what's the point? So we got Christians who are faking it and, and, 
and well, but my kids and tradition. Look, God's more important than your kids and tradition. God's more important. And you want to do something favorable for your kids? Teach them. God's more important. Most Christian parents give this without saying it, and they never say it, but they give this very strong signal to their children that they are actually God and not him. That's why they spoil them. They worship and serve the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. I found out that if I'll put him first, he'll, he'll bless me and my kids. For this cause, God gave them up to vile affections, for even their women did change their natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents without understanding, covenant breakers, they're liars, you can't trust them, without Natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they may, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. So let's look at some lies. Also in Second Timothy chapter 3, there's another passage where we see that you, they're dishonest. And the dishonesty, as I've already said, starts in their own hearts and minds by pretending to be something they are not. Second Timothy chapter 3 uh, and verse 3 says, without natural affection, truce breakers, that's just like covenant breakers, false accusers, that's lying, incontinent, fierce despisers of those that are good. So again, these people are not to be trusted. They say this is a civil rights issue. Homosexuality is a lifestyle, not a nationality or a race. You cannot equate this with civil rights of minorities or racial groups. It's not a civil rights issue. It's a sinful lifestyle issue. Be careful when they say, I was born that way. Understand, that's one, that's one lie right there. Now, I, I've heard someone say, well, but technically we're all born sinners. Yes, we're all born sinners, but that doesn't mean we were born or made to be homosexual. Someone said this, I think it's a really good quote, and I'm going to quote it to you. Just because someone struggles with same-sex desire doesn't mean God made them gay any more than if someone was struggling with anger, and that means that God made them a murderer. That's a good thought. It's a good argument. Just because you have a struggle or you have something or or there are issues in your life that causes you to be angry, gives you no right to kill. And just because of something in your life that causes you to be maybe having struggles with this because maybe pornography is part of your past and maybe you were abused as a child doesn't mean that God made you to be a homosexual. You have a choice about what you do with every temptation. You see, if you go to court and you say, well, the reason why I killed him is I have an anger problem. So I'm not really a murderer. I just have an anger problem. No, you chose with your anger to do what you did. And the same thing with any other sexual act or any act. 
God didn't make you that way. You chose it through steps, step by step. So be careful when they start saying, well, I'm born this way. No, no, you weren't. You chose it. Maybe someone else prodded you and pushed you in that direction. Maybe someone else tainted your young, innocent mind, but you have chose it yourself, just like Lot chose Sodom. People are born this way. As I've already said, no scientific researcher in the world is willing to say that people are born homosexuals. They might say it. They might find somebody that's going to say it now. They'll pay them to say it, whatever. But it's a sin no matter, and it's a matter of choice. It's not a matter of birth. I just covered that. This lifestyle is gay. That's a lie. The word gay is a good word, but it's been hijacked. The word gay used to mean happy. That's, that's the technical definition. It's a lie to describe this lifestyle as happy. This way of living is anything but happy. It's a lifestyle of bondage. They're not happy. I think if you follow it out, you'll find that many of them, I'm not saying every, but many of them swap partners and get new partners and, and then they're into drugs and they're into this and they're into that. And, and, and someone said it's kind of weird when you have like two women that both say that they're lovers and they're, they're homo. And then the first thing you see is one of them looking like a guy. Well, well why in the world are you trying to look like a guy if you, do, if you say you're not a guy? It's, it's almost like they know that they're supposed to be a male and a female. Weird. Strange. They're not happy. The only way out is to believe the truth. Anybody who has to pass laws in order to justify their lifestyle is an unhappy person. If they have to take your rights away in order for them to have more of a standing, that's not happiness. The only way for this lifestyle to continue then is recruitment. They say we want to be left alone. That's a lie because the only way they can repopulate is to recruit others because their way doesn't make babies very fast. So they've got to involve others and this is why they got to have kids in their life. This is why they got to go to the library dressed like a drag queen and read filthy books and do filthy things because they've got to try to recruit more. And it is absolutely, absolutely teeth-grindingly wicked that we have people adopting children into this type of lifestyle. We, the, I mentioned Buttigieg, this baby that they have. Don't you feel sorry for this baby? Filthy. We want to be left alone. No, you don't. You want to take someone else's kid and manipulate them and brainwash them. Did you know that there are school books in America, cartoon character, cartoon drawn, that's all about sex education, and it's not just men and women, which would be offensive enough, but men with men in these cartoon books in libraries and schools. I've seen it. It's filthy. Parents have gone to parent-teacher meetings and read them. And let me just tell you what I think the answer is. I think the answer is homeschooling because I don't think you're going to fix it. I mean, we can't, the government never fixes anything. Name one thing the government has fixed. 
And we allowed the government to, to run education, and education's a joke today. Now, when I say homeschooling, I'm not saying that all homeschoolers do it right. And if for whatever reason someone has their child in a public school system, you still should be doing more homeschooling than even if they are there because at night and, and every time you should be raising, because the Bible teaches home, whether it's official or not, the idea of home education. That's, see, it's, it's dad and mom's job, not the state's job. And they'll also lie to you by telling you, well, we just want tolerance. We just want equal rights. No, sir, they want indoctrination. Homes, homosexual advocates claim they are promoting tolerance and diversity. That's also a lie. Seducing our children is what's really going on. Let me, I wrote this down in my margin. Let me tell you this. Seducing our children is not just the drag queens uh, you know, trying to attract young boys or whatever it might be. It's not just that. It's not just seducing them in some kind of sexual activity. But just simply this, seducing them to just accept homosexuals. That See, that's already happening in Custer. I don't think the sexual activity is happening in Custer very much, although there probably is some. In fact, I'm sure it is some. But here's what I think has already happened in our Custer school system. The acceptance of these filthy, wicked people. They have been trained that they are not to be impolite and they are not to be of a different opinion. Listen to me. That goes directly against the word of God. In the UK, just a few weeks ago, they arrested someone for quoting the Bible to two lesbians. They arrested him for quoting. They want to make it illegal to quote scripture to these people. Okay? Their real goal is indoctrination. A generation of people to believe that homosexuality is a normal, acceptable lifestyle. Now, do I think we should be unkind or wicked to, back to them? No. And I'll talk about that in a minute. But we should never accept it. We should never say that, well, that's just the way they are. No, no. They have a perverted heart and a perverted mind. We are all, and I sang it tonight, I'm only a sinner saved by grace. But praise the Lord, he saved me before I got that far into it. It's the lowest level of human depravity. I said this, I wrote an article in the paper a few years ago because there was a, a boy in Custer who claimed to be a homosexual and actually came on Facebook and made a video about how that he was a Christian gay. He was a Christian homosexual. I didn't name him. But I wrote, is God okay with homosexuality? And in there, I said, this is the lowest level a human being can get. And you know what? I had a, a lady friend that saw it on Facebook, and she shared it. And another woman from Wyoming, who we used to know, whose son is now a homo himself, got mad at what I said. Well, it is. It's as low as you can go. We must know what the Bible says about homosexuality. The Bible says that it's an abomination. Leviticus 18.22, we already mentioned that. This mean, means that it is the lowest level of human depravity. You're an abomination to God. You can't get lower than that. God said, and we wrote, read in Romans 1.26, 
vile affections. Vile affections. It also went said in Romans 1, unseemly behavior, dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Okay? It's not an alternate lifestyle. It is a sinful, wicked, rebellious to God lifestyle. That's why it can't be Christian. Cannot be. In 1 Kings 15, 12, it says that the king got rid of the sodomites. The king was the law of the land and he got rid of the sodomites. You say, well, how did he do it? Well, you can just use your imagination. The Declaration of Independence talks about the laws of nature and of nature's God. Romans 1 says, against nature. What they're doing is against nature. See, even our Declaration of Independence said, endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. And it mentions at the first or second paragraph in the Declaration, the laws of nature and of nature's God. See, our founders understood there was a God and a creator, capital C, creator. They recognized that there, were something, there was something called the laws of nature. What's the laws of nature? It just teaches you, duh. It just, we, we've got a song. We don't have time to listen to it, but we've got a song. You know, come on down to the farm. Uh, how does that go? Come on, come on down to the farm. Come on out to the barn. You'll never find two roosters walking arm in arm. Nature has plumbing. Nature teaches us. Anybody growing up on the farm doesn't have a hard time understanding this. It's just all the city boys and girls that don't have a clue and are listening to evolution and all this stuff and watching garbage on TV. And so Romans 1, 21 through 27, we've already read the passage, but God gives a description of this degrading, immoral society. He places this lustfulness that men have for other men and women for other women at the lowest level. God places the sin of sodomy at the lowest level of human depravity. And if you continue in it, you, you will eventually become a reprobate mind where he just turns you over to it. And I would say the vast majority are turned over to a reprobate mind. They are absolutely filthy. Hollywood is some of the worst and Washington, D.C. as well. I don't remember who the actress was, but it was somebody, and I don't remember exactly what she said, but she held up her Oscar and said something blankety-blank, God, this is my God, something like that. This is just a general attitude that you see out of Hollywood and the filth. It's like we read last week, Madonna said, we've broken all the rules, there aren't any more rules to break. We just got to invent new ones and then break those. I want to try to beat them at their own, at their own punch and, and, and use them, their own medicine against them and say, well, what if I just identify as a dog and I want to bite you? What if I identify as a rhinoceros and I want to run you over? You know? What, 
What if I identify, I identify as a 65-year-old and I'm ready to collect Social Security and Medicaid or whatever. I just identified as a 65 or whatever. I'm just going to identify. I identified as a rich guy. That's why I broke into your house. It's mine. I mean, where does this stop? There are no laws and there are no boundaries. And so this is where, where it's at. This is where Sodom was. And Lot shouldn't have been there. The Bible says that he vexed his righteous soul with the surroundings of Sodom. Lot was saved. Lot's in heaven. But you know what's sad about Lot? I don't think any of his family's in heaven. He lost his family for the choices he made. You can be Christian and do foolish things, but you can't be Christian and gay at the same time. Now, I do think that some Christians could have some temptations and could, as we like to say, fall into sin. But no one is a practicing homo and Christian at the same time. You know what I mean by practicing. And, and by the way, I have, I have seen, I have met personally some people, a man and a woman, about 15, 20 years ago, up in Rapid City. I was involved in this meeting. These other pastors were there. And this woman stood up and she gave her, her testimony. She said, I, I got into homosexuality with a, oh, another woman. Somewhere along the line, we got invited to some Christian thing, and, and we went kind of as a joke, as a mockery. And I heard something I couldn't resist as truth. My partner had wanted nothing to do with it, but I wanted to go back. I began to hear the gospel. And to make a long story short, I got saved, and I knew I had to get out of this life. And she stood before this group of pastors and 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 told her testimony. And that's her, that's her testimony, and, and, and she's not lived that life since. But she said, don't, you think, don't think for a minute it's easy, even now. I mean, she said, do you think there are a lot of guys in line wanting to date me? I didn't meet this person personally, but there's a guy on YouTube. I could probably find it if I needed to, but he, he grew up in... Atlanta, Georgia, and his parents were well-to-do doctors or lawyers or something. And, but he just was rebellious against everything and against God. And he just got himself into as much stuff as he could. And he ended up in a homosexual lifestyle after trying everything. And by the way, you just keep trying everything because nothing makes you happy. Who was it? Um, I think her name was Keaton, some actress from 30 years ago or so. She was married, divorced, married, divorced, married, divorced. And finally she said, you know, I've never found love. Maybe I'm a homo. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I've been, I've been trying to marry a man all this time, and that's why I'm never happy. So I'm going to marry a girl. Maybe that'll make me happy. They just keep trying because they're, listen, God is love. And when you resist God, you got no love. You never really understand what it is. This young man, he ended up in prison. I think it was for drugs I don't remember exactly why he ended up in prison. But then one day he went to the nurse's office because she had something she needed to tell him. And uh, they'd gone, you know, physical, health, blood work, whatever. And she wrote on a piece of paper and handed it to him. And it said, you have AIDS. And so he's in prison and he finds out he has AIDS. And this was, you know, years ago, but He's devastated. Now I'm dying. I'm, and he's young. He's not even probably 30 yet. He goes back to his cell. 
he lays on his bunk and he happens to see somebody had scrawled a Bible verse under, under the bed above him. And he started thinking about God and he remembered he had thrown away a New Testament like a day before and he went and dug in the garbage and found it and started reading it. And he got saved. And through God's intervention, he eventually got out of prison and he gave and gives his testimony of his story that I just told you. But he said, it's not like, it's not like anybody wants to marry me. I mean, my blood is tainted with my sin. And, and, and if he was here, we wouldn't put him in charge of Anchor Club. We wouldn't let him drive the van. We wouldn't let him teach class. We wouldn't let him ever be alone with anybody. Because there's that past, you know what I'm saying? Not that we want to remind people, but at the same time, to recognize that, man, this is, this is very scarring. And praise God, when you die... You leave your body behind and you go to heaven. And you leave the sinful world behind, including your own past, and you go to heaven. And so here we are in these last days. And we see in 2 Timothy 3, verse 3, men will be without natural affection. It's unnatural for a man to lust after another man, for a woman to lust after another woman. It's a perversion of the truth, and it's sinful. It's just filthy, wicked, and wrong laws of nature and nature's God. According to Jude 7, this lifestyle leads to the vengeance of eternal fire. That's why we read in the beginning Genesis 19 where God rained fire and brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah. However, Jesus Christ can deliver someone from this wicked lifestyle. And, and by the way, there are some preachers out there, there's some very radical preachers out there that say that once you are guilty of homosexuality you cannot be saved that's to me you know what you're doing first of all you're playing God secondly you're limiting the grace of God okay I have witnessed with my own eyes and ears some people as I've told you some of their stories tonight of people who I think did truly get saved out of that lifestyle not still in it out of it but they are exception to the majority don't get me wrong. I don't think it's a real good idea to go to a gay pride parade and try to hand out tracts. Because those people aren't there to listen to that. Their minds are bent on just being rebellious. But at the same time, I love the fact that we have 1 Corinthians 9, excuse me, 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 in the Bible. And so I'll never say that it's impossible for a sodomite to get saved but it surely is improbable. It surely is unlikely. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. There it is. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. I didn't even get get to this, I forgot. But um, one of these days, they might want to blast George Washington and Thomas Jefferson off of Mount Rushmore. You know why? Because when George Washington was the general of our army, 
a man by the name of Ensign was drummed out of his army for being caught as being a sodomite. Frederick Enslin was the first documented service member dismissed from the U.S. Army for homosexuality under an order from General George Washington which states abhorrence and detestation of such infamous crimes Lieutenant Enslin was drummed out of the Continental Army after being found guilty of sodomy. And in the writings of Thomas Jefferson you find a bill for proportioning crimes and punishments written in 1778 for the state of Virginia. And he said in this bill that he recommended that if a man was caught being a sodomite, he was to be punished by castration. And if a woman was caught, she would have her nose cartilage cut out and a hole cut out, half inch diameter. Now, the biblical answer is simple execution if you read the Old Testament law they were to be executed stoned to death and so that's the attitude of our founding fathers they recognized it as being wicked but praise God there's mercy and such were some of you praise God that there is mercy and there are people who have found the grace of God and as I told you some of these stories let me tell you one more. I read this a few years ago. This is, a, this is a man who is a pastor now. I think he's a pastor in Texas. I'd have to dig it up to find it again. But this man is a pastor today. He grew up in a very broken, dysfunctional home, as do most children. His parents divorced. His mom started living with her girlfriend, her lesbian lover. He didn't even realize it, but his dad actually had a boyfriend. I mean, we're talking about messed up parents. He lived with his mother more than his father, but both his parents were homos, sodomites. He ended up in Florida, and in Florida, his mother and her partner were marching in the gay pride parade, and so, of course, he was there with them. And marching in this parade, of course, there's all kinds of filthiness that he would have been surrounded by. But here's what happened. There were some people that came up, and they had urine and feces, and they threw it on the sodomites in the parade. And the boy said, Mom, what are they doing that for? Who is that? And the mom said, Oh, those are Christians and they hate us. So the boy decided he hated Christians too. When he got to be a grown man, he was invited, probably at college or somewhere, he was invited to this Christian Bible study. He thought, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go and try to infiltrate and learn, and, and then I'll be able to deal with these people better. Well, when he went to this Christian Bible study, guess what? They weren't the feces-throwing kind of Christians. They were the Bible-believing, preaching Christians. And they taught him the love of God and the gospel of God, and he got saved. And now he's a pastor. And after a long time, and after a lot of prayer, and a lot of witnessing, his parents moved to his town, and now they're saved and going to his church. That's the grace of God. I mean, you that's, that's God reaching down and saying, this little boy didn't do anything worthy of this, and I'm going to do something special for him. And not only that, I'm just going to prove the grace even in his parents' lives and how messed up they were. I mentioned a while back about this 
this it that works at Menards. Big hulking male in a skirt and makeup. You might have seen him. When I saw him, my first thought was, oh, great, i got to return this item. And there's three of them. There's three people, and I just know which one I'm going to end up. And sure enough, the line, boom, boom, boom. And sure enough, my next, you're next. <laughs> you're next. And I walk up, and I thought, well, God wanted me to be in this line. And so I just said, here, I, I bought this. I'm returning it. And uh, and then when it was all done, I said, here, I want I want you to read this. This is something. This is the gospel. This is about salvation. And I just want like you to read it. I have no idea if someone's tried to throw feces on him. I have no idea what someone might have said. But I can tell you this, that the the general perception that the media tries to portray Christians is that we're just so hateful. Listen, in this instant, it's the sickness and the sin that I'm hating. And if they're involved in pushing their agenda and taking my rights away, I hate that. But honestly, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, I pity that individual. Something in their mind says to put on makeup and wear a skirt. And I, and I, and I have to think to myself, if it wasn't for the grace and mercy of God, I could be that. And it does no good to stand there and go, that's not going to help. At the same time, I am not going to encourage it or endorse it or pat them on the back or anything like that. Not at all. You know what what they've done over the last 30 years or so? They've come out of the closet and revealed their true identity. And as we've talked about tonight, they've recruited others. And they refuse to compromise, don't they? So you know what the answer is for us? Look at Jude chapter 3. I'm going to close. Jude. Jude 7 says, Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and cities about them in like manner giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh and are set forth for an example of suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. But notice verse 3. Jude 3. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and to exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. We're to contend for the righteousness and the truth of God's word. And so you know what we're supposed to do? Here's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to reveal our true identity. We need to come out of the closet. We need to stop pretending or hiding that we're a Christian. I don't mean just wearing a gold necklace with a cross on it or having a bumper sticker. I'm saying everywhere we go, we ought to witness and give out the gospel and give out tracts. And we were at Rapid City yesterday. We were kicking ourselves because we forgot our Christian tra- our Christmas tracts. So instead, we just gave out our regular gospel tracts. But we, everywhere we go, give out tracts and share the gospel and tell people. And Sunday night, I, was, I had my Christmas tracts on my Sunday night, and we had several visitors. And so I'm talking to them, hey, hey, I appreciate you coming. Would you mind taking this and reading it? And, and then if they want to talk, we'll talk longer, and hopefully they will. But the point is, is that everywhere we go, we need to share the gospel and not hide our Christianity when we're out there. They're coming out of the closet. We've got to come out of the closet. They recruit others. We need to recruit others. 
We recruit children, but we're not doing it in a perverted way. I'll be honest with you. I'm shocked at how many parents allow their children to go to a, a church where they don't know anybody. But I'm thankful they do. It's a blessing. And we don't do anything unkind or vulgar. We're, but we are, we are recruiting. As a, fact, as a matter of fact, we have some recruits here tonight. We have some young people that we've recruited, and we've recruited them, and now, now they come on their own. And number three, we're not going to compromise. They're not going to compromise, so we ought not compromise. Guess who usually compromises first? The Christians and the conservatives. I'll say one thing about Democrats. They're more, they're more stubborn and resolved than the other side. And we need to refuse not to compromise. Stand for truth and know what truth is. And stand for it. And know how to do And the more you witness to people, the more you'll know how to talk to people. Because the more practice you'll have. And the more practice you'll have, the more you'll be able to be good at having a conversation without being ugly or unkind, but just have a conversation that lets them know you really care because you really do believe that they're going to die and burn in hell someday. This is a guy named Penn Gillette. He's a magician. Um, Penn Gillette is his name. And there's there, he and another guy were magicians. And some of you might know who I'm talking about. He's an atheist. But you can look it up on YouTube. Penn Jillette said one time, he said, I'm going to say something. He said, tonight after a program, after a, a show that I did, I had this guy come up to me and he handed me like a testament and a tract and he told me he was a Christian and he just wanted me to know his truth of his gospel. He said, you know what? I don't believe a thing he told me, but I'll tell you this. I'm impressed that, that he believes in and he cares enough about me. Penn Jillette said that. He admitted it. It's on YouTube. You can watch it. He said, I, I know that that guy cares. He came to my show for the purpose of witnessing to me afterwards. And, and that it that, that's disgusting and repulsive, we need to convey to him that we're, we're not as disgusted with him as we are brokenhearted for him. Because not only is he living a horrible life, but he's going to spend eternity in a horrible place. And it ought to break our heart to think of that. I despise the Wichita or what is it? The um, Yeah, the Wichita, Kansas Baptist. Is that who it is? I despise that attitude. I think Satan uses them as much as anybody with that. I'm not saying I disagree with some of the things they say, but maybe it's the way they say it. And we need to recognize that a lot of this problem is because Christians didn't stand and be as public as they are. The Bible said, Jesus said, let your light shine. And we're, and we're not letting it shine, we're hiding it under a bushel. We're over time, we have out of stop. But the Bible says plenty. And don't ever let anyone kid you otherwise. The word of God speaks out against what they call homosexual lifestyle. It's sodomy. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for opportunity to preach it and teach it. Help us to be strong. Help us to be humble 
and strong. Not proud and strong, but humble. Help us to be grateful that you've saved us and and called us out of darkness. I don't even know all the background of everyone in this room. But you have called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. Lord, help us to be strong and help us to be firm. Help us to know your truth and your word. But help us to recognize the grace and mercy that you have for others who are trapped and caught up in their own wickedness. And amongst the thousands that are going to hell, Lord, help us to reach the one who is still reachable and savable. And help us to desire to be used of you to save them. Thank you for the testimonies of the ones that have been saved out of this filthy wickedness. And help us to remember that every time we meet another one. And then help us not to forget our own children and be humbled at the thought that if it, if it wasn't for your word and your grace, they could easily slip in that direction as well. But help us never to compromise. Help us instead to be used of you to salvage and to save lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.